When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's poppin' everybody? Hello and welcome to Popcorn Culture. My name is Ben Carlin and I am your host. Here with me today is my brother Jay, who will be in every episode. Who was within striking distance of hostmanship this week, Ben? There was there were moves it, being there made were moves, yeah. over on the Patreon page. And I I try I feel like I never want to harp on it. You know, I want to harp on it the appropriate amount of time, mm-hmm. you know, at the beginning of each episode, because I mean, like it's a feud that's been going on for nearly 150 episodes now. So yeah. it's like, yeah, people get it. They get it. But also there was, we had, we had a new stovetop popcorn, which was a hundred votes in Jay's favor arrive like two hours before this very recording session. So we, exactly. we, we weren't sure whether or not the table would be turned. It wasn't turned. It wasn't, but it was close. It was 40 votes off. Yes. And what was very interesting about this particular sign up was it was like the person who signed up was so branded around popcorn culture that I was like, was this in, was this like potentially an error? Like, I'm not sure if I'm like, it was, I think it was like little kernels was the name of the person who I think they were little kernels space dot space com so little kernels.com right yeah exactly so like you know it's it's spelled out and it was kind of one of these things where I was like well this is it's I need to check into it because I want to see you know like I just want to make sure yeah but like as we're as we're getting our count together as we're doing our due diligence right turns out completely real thing and littlekernels.com has not only become uh one of our top tier patron people but they have also created a like very good website. Yeah. About, about popcorn pop. culture. <laughs> Called littlekernels.com. Littlekernels.com. Um, oh man. Yeah. I was looking through it and at first I was like, okay, this looks, this looks nice. And then I kept clicking through and I was like, yeah, that should be in there. Oh, it was fun. They included that. Hey, this is, Oh, look, this is a whole law. They had, they had an entire section called the Lincoln logs, which just references every single fun fact about Abe Lincoln. We've ever said in which episode it came in and what the source was. That's so, it is so incredible. It's yeah. so incredible. So if uh, it's, it's not it is not a website that we have created this is this is not sponsored other than the fact that they are a patron uh but if you want to go and check out littlekernels.com it is cool it was pretty cool it was yeah. pretty cool yeah yeah the 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 one true unofficial website of popcorn culture <laughs> <laughs> It's pretty perfect. Anyway, pretty we'll, we'll be sure to include that in this week's episode of the show notes. I'm curious to see how it evolves. Also, wait a minute. Oh gosh, I'm on the wrong pop doc, Ben. Oh wow. my goodness. Okay, because we were talking gracious. about we were talking about Lincoln, and it just it inspired me to try and find another fun thing about Abe Lincoln since okay. we haven't had a good a good a good entry into the Lincoln logs in a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we're 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 due. It feels like there's a there's a proper prompt. Okay, so this. There, there's two parts of this that are going to sound unbelievable about Lincoln. Okay. Um, the first part is that just straight up, he just he never went to law school. 
Lincoln never went to law school. Lincoln, Lincoln never went to law school. Is it because he Lincoln. invented law school? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he invented like technology school, basically, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, he did not go to law school, which isn't like mandatory for being president and, you know, like making laws and stuff like that. Um, but he never went. Uh, however, that didn't stop him from practicing law because he did still practice law as a uh, yeah, he had he had an office where he practiced law for a while despite never passing the bar. No. He did pass the bar. He, he passed the bar. Law. Did pass the bar. I'm like I'm like uh, the, the movie Catch Me If You Can is like yeah. like rattling through my brain right yeah. now and I'm starting to wonder if like Leonardo DiCaprio and Abe Lincoln are like quietly like you know the, right. like he is just a reborn fr- like Leonardo DiCaprio was just Abe Lincoln reborn. He's just Lincoln again. Yeah, Frank William Abagnale Jr. I know. Is, I went to Leonardo DiCaprio as yeah. the actor, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. Frank he's William, a real yeah. person. He's, a, he's still alive, <laughs> I think. Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, Lincoln Lincoln's big con was I'll just be president and then I'll literally print my own money. Okay. How yeah. about that? Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't have to be counterfeit at all. <laughs> oh man. I'll just do it. D- did pass the bar exam, did practice law, even though he didn't go to law school. But what's impressive is that he passed the bar exam, but only ever spent 18 months in formal schooling throughout the course of his entire life. What? What? Lincoln! How does he do it? I don't know, man. This guy was just, he was something else. He was something else. Like, you know, it's just like you hear the story of like, and and maybe like I haven't, I I have not like uh, consumed Hamilton in the same capacity that I know many other people have in terms of like listening through the entire soundtrack or Mm -hmm. like going and seeing the play in, in, in real life or you know, watching it on Disney plus or any of those types of things. Like I have watched it before and I, and I know like the premise of it and how extraordinary of a person, uh, Hamilton was even from like a young age to where like, like you could clearly see that this was somebody who like maybe was just destined to make it to where they made it to. Yeah. But it feels like it feels like with Lincoln, it must have just been like abundantly clear. Like if you met him, if you knew him at any age of his life, it seems like it must have just been like, you're like you're different this guy like, there is something like you're doing things yes yeah, in this, a way that yeah, see this kid who just rode his own boat that he built out of his bare hands in the town down the river <laughs> right right yeah right. it's like, yeah, like how'd you get here it's like oh i built a boat and it's like yeah. that's not an answer that most people give it's not also i have a patent for the boat and i'll uh, in the end be the only u.s president who has a patent and it's for this boat here's so. what okay you know i have talked in the past about wanting to write a book at some point in time what i'm going to do is write a fantasy novel that is lincoln's life spoilers it's just all factual it's all factual <laughs> what you're gonna write is just a biography right. it's a biography you will be fooled into believing it's a fantasy novel we market it as a fantasy novel right yes yes yeah. in reality just the real events just the real events that would be so funny like what would you what would you title your fantasy marketed abe lincoln true fact biography Hmm. Okay. 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 Let's think here. There's okay. got to be. There's got to be. Uh, what, what are some good D and D words? Like, like I, I. Of course, my mind is stuck on name of the wind. So I'm like the bard. But you know, he's not a bard. I don't think that he. Right, would, he's he a would grappler. Fall. He's yeah. a grappler. So yeah. is that like what is the what would be his class? Like, like I think just a fighter. A fighter is that yeah. just is that just a class of of? I think like, that's a class in D and D. Okay, so Abe Lincoln, fighter, tall, justice oriented, right? Good at building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Patton. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
pirate something in there. Maybe. Oh yeah. I don't know. Okay, I think he'd have to. He'd have to be a little yeah. piratey. Little piratey. Sure. At least in the title. Oh, okay. As yeah, far yeah, as yeah. you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, certainly, there's something out there. I feel like it's on the tip of the tongue. Yeah. All right. Abe Lincoln, Sky Pirate. <laughs> That's it. I mean, <laughs> That's it. You, know, you know what? Let's just leave it there. There you That's go. Totally Abe Lincoln, fine. Sky Pirate. You just read it, and it's like, this is wow. This is this is fiction. And you'd be like, nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. Just you've been tricked into learning, fool. Ha! <laughs> the best way to learn, truly. I know, right? Do you ever feel like? You didn't realize how fun learning was because of school. Oh, absolutely, Ben. Absolutely. You don't realize how fun learning. Look, like, you know what? I remember just sitting in English class and then go through and then tell you about, like, how all these, like, auth- great American authors, like, put all the symbolism in their book and how this book seems like it's about this, but actually it's about this. And there's a green light at the end of the dock. And this is why they stabbed themselves at the end of Romeo and Juliet. Did you know they referenced the queen in this line? I couldn't even tell you what King Lear was about. But here's the thing. Um, <laughs> that was like great. Yeah. Just a good rant. <laughs> you guys got it. You guys know what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> I honestly don't know what King there is about. We did an entire section of it. Um, but like, that's the thing though, yeah. is that like, you know, you get like the problem is, is that you take these pieces of literature that are referencing all of these like real world things, but those real world things are things that you haven't like really learned that well in history yet. Right. And so it's like, Oh, did you get that? That was a reference to blah, 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 blah. And it's like, no, I absolutely did not. And even you telling me that just sounds more confusing because I don't know what that is. Right. It's like, like the, the secret is that English class is really just like a second kind of history class that involves you learning about the events that make this book make sense. But it's like, like presented in such a way that like as far as you're concerned you're in English class and you're supposed to be learning like about the book and it's like okay I want to get back to the book and you keep talking about all this other stuff instead and it just feels like not what the book is and it's like it is what the book's about but it's like it, there's like a disconnect I know why you're learning about it and like well okay then why wouldn't we just be learning about that instead of reading the book it's like it's like you're learning about this so you can appreciate the book when really you should be able to like read the book and appreciate like <clears throat> none of it ends up yeah. happening is the problem because like you don't know the history well enough to appreciate what the book is attempting to do. And because you can't appreciate what the book is attempting to do, then it also makes the book not very interesting in the first place. Exactly. That's what I'm trying yeah. to say. Yes. So like, for example, uh, one of the things that you, you could, if you've listened to my many tirades over the past, however many years, 10 years of being on the interweb, one of the movies that uh, my wife Alice and I had like one of our first early disagreements over is The Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay, yeah. And it's one of these things that like, it's not like I'm trying to go out of my way to not have like an avid appreciation for it. Like there's, there's literally something about the art style that like as a small child, I remember going over to one of my best friend's houses, watching it at a sleepover, having to call mom and dad to come and pick me up because I was absolutely just like, utterly terrified yeah by the art style by the art style like i mean especially like the like the scientist guy that like created sally like yeah. his whole aesthetic just like gives me like the sh- to this day as an adult the jeebs the, the jeebs yeah. proper but someone has once just recently explained to me sort of like what tim burton was really like going for with the nightmare before christmas And like when you start being able to like kind of put those pieces together, it's like I do kind of get it because Tim Burton was working like 
at Disney where everything is like Christmas land. You know, it's like it's all bright and colorful and fun and happy and all of these things. And Tim Burton himself sees himself more as like living in like Halloween land where everything is kind of like dark and edgy and scary. And it's just sort of like the way that he like approaches and views the world or whatever. But basically it's like, you know, if if Tim Burton is Jack and he's like being told that like, hey, this Christmas land is so much better. It's like he's like attempting to go and take what he can from Christmas land. But like in doing so, he like does it incorrectly because it's like not being true necessarily. It's like who he is. And it's like when someone finally gave me that explanation for the story, I was like, I get it. Like I can see where if you're and especially if you've seen any of Tim Burton's other stuff and you know yeah. like his general aesthetic and style mm-hmm. and like approach to things and stuff like it's it's it always sort of at least to me kind of has that like hard edged a little kind of creepy right you know whatever um and in trying to figure out how to like best implement your talents at a company like Disney it's like chances are you feel like you're going at your work with two hands tied cleanly behind your back. Right. But like from my perspective forever, whenever I watched the character of Jack, I was always like, this is like the super charming, enthusiastic, like member of town that everybody looks up to. And he was able to sort of like sway them all to like this new style of like behavior and things they were supposed to be doing. And in doing so he's causing like a lot of harm through things like kidnapping and you know, like like whatever else. And it's like, it's like, you know what he, he, the impact that he's doing through like his own raw enthusiasm. Like it's like, it's a little scary, Uh you know, that like somebody could be so looked at that people take their, approach to things they're like beyond reproach Mm -hmm. you know it's like no like jack told me to do it like of course it's okay right it's like i kidnapped this guy but like that's jack said it was okay it's good yeah great so like whenever i look at yeah exactly you know it's like you start to get into those like really dicey waters so for me i had always interpreted the story on the basis of the story not looking outside of it and the creator of the story and like why Right, that it was, like, any sort of commentary about, like, Disney or something. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. And then it's, like, once you do understand that, to me, it gives me, like, such a greater level of appreciation. But the point I'm trying to make here is that, like, I also have lived through watching Disney movies my entire life. My my career is also at least moderately oriented around them. Uh I I have, like, my working knowledge of the, the pieces of the puzzle are all very good. So when somebody explains to me what they were attempting to do with this story, it's like, Oh, okay. (laughs) All of it makes sense. Mm, I can, I can see who is who, and they are, you know, this and that is there and all the rest of it. Uh, and then, and then it's like, Oh man, now I really appreciate it. Um, but it, it does bring about just like a very interesting question that I think is like so common in media right now to sort of like kind of take the conversation in a slightly different direction, which is this um, uh, emphasis on like referential stuff. Yeah. Um, I know that we've talked about this, like, I think, in like some of our movie reviews and stuff like that before. But um, I remember just last year walking out of uh, Spider-Man No Way Home thinking like, yeah mind Mind blown blown. like that was so much fun holy cow like it doesn't get any better than that and uh but then as like you know as i I, like let it simmer for like a a few weeks months whatever it's kind of like one of those things where i'm like you know if what if you were just like 
12, 13, 14 years old, you're kind of just getting introduced to like the the superhero genre, maybe even just being allowed to like go and consume right. you know, PG thirteen movies. Yeah, like if the, you yeah, if you were if you just turned thirteen and this is the next Marvel movie that came out. Exactly. Yeah. It's like you might go into that and um you know, see Andrew Garfield, see Tobey Maguire show up and sort of be like, okay. Like, who are these other Spider-Men? You yeah. Know? Like, spoilers, by the way. Sorry. Um, it's been, I think it's been long enough. I think everyone knows. Um, but, like, uh, it does occur to me that take out what I knew about these things and would I have loved the story so much? And it's, it's difficult to say. It's difficult to know. Yeah. Like, if you are like, it's like, what does any Spider-Man fan know about Spider-Man going in? Or if like, are you like, you know, even had I never seen another Spider-Man movie, I'd probably still know about Doc Ock and like the Green Goblin in general as Spider-Man villains. Yeah, you certainly could. Yeah, I mean, but but again, probably a small basis of still like referential stuff. Yeah, you know, like like assuming you almost have to go into because this is how like I would say I went to Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, you know, like it's like I don't know Doc Ock you know from the green goblin like i don't know anything right so like me reading romeo and juliet all of these references it's like maybe they're brilliant i don't get them. i don't know yeah. you know and then someone like someone then maybe after the fact explains it to you it's like oh well you know back in back in like you know the early 2000s that that one the first spider-man you saw that was that was toby mcguire so he played spider-man it's like, right. it's like you can actually watch those movies and in those movies the green goblin and doc ock are in those movies yeah exactly yeah. and and then depending on who you are after the fact you might be like oh that's kind of cool or you could be like yeah but like does that mean i had homework like going into this or that like I needed to like, like actually there's a really good comparison for specifically Spider-Man. Okay. Give it to me. Okay. It's actually just Spider-Man into the, um, into the, into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Right. Where so like, if like, what, what if you found out today that actually unbeknownst to you, there was a like spider Gwen movie and a spider pig movie and a Penny Parker movie like all the other ones you just sort of get tangentially introduced to this is true and it's like you they popped onto the scene like they gave you the one more time i'm the one spider-man or whatever right it's like you know what like if i found out that today i would be like mind blown like there's so much more i could have gone to watch and like i would probably go watch those things oh yeah for Uh, sure yeah yeah those things don't exist but the fact is, like, not knowing anything about those characters did not impede my enjoyment of that movie, which has a very similar plot where just other spider people get pulled into the main universe. This is very true. This is very true. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, this is these are the questions, though, that I think are, are kind of like interesting to apply because it, it also ends up being the case. I mean, you could apply it to the night before Christmas again. It's like forever and ever and ever. Like I was never told or, or like nobody had ever adequately explained to me like what this film was about. And honestly, as a child, I wouldn't have cared who Tim Burton was. Oh, for sure. Right. Like like you're just there. Like this is just creepy animated claymation movie. Exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, It's like, (laughs) like for me at that age, it's like, I'm I'm not capable of really thinking a whole lot about how Tim Burton may have felt like a slight fish out of water working at a company like Disney. Like, you know, nine-year-old me doesn't get that 
at all. Right. You know, and so then then maybe there's a question too there to where it's like, then does the movie work on like just you know base level entertainment value and there's probably you know that that could be a huge debate anyway because like again as a kid it just scared it scared me yeah um and so it's like I'm, I'm not trying to you know come after anybody who who loves it or anything all i can tell you is just my own my own personal experience right with the thing yeah um so anyway but then like i think as you approach like you know we're talking about like real broad strokes real blockbuster style like films movies and stuff like that but when you get into a lot of films that might be like considered uh more for like best picture you know or like um like film festival winner type things right, yeah. and stuff like that it's all of a sudden you've taken several steps away from this like yeah but did you read the comics because if you did then you totally would have understood it and it's not this like gatekeepery type of you know fandom world that's yeah. existing anymore it's just like it, it just also becomes true that the tim burton analogy applies to a lot of like art films where it is speaking to something yeah know, i like, mean i think that's almost like yeah it's like it you almost like know that going in though so much of the time because it's like the fact that it is like you know maybe like an indie film or um like yeah like up up for best picture or something it's like it's it's hitting those qualifications because that movie had something very specific to say like like a commentary yeah like commentary like heavy commentary is implied to be the reason this movie was made we didn't just make it to to just to just have made it right so my, my question is what is the difference between like that commentary the source material for that commentary and toby Maguire and the source material for why so- toby Maguire is significant to the story mm-hmm. do you kind of see what i'm saying like yeah. like one of them feels a little bit like um while incredibly brightly colored and fun and entertaining maybe on the surface like a little bit like cheaper so to speak i think because you need to have like physically consumed something else to get the full effect of what um toby mcguire showing up in spider-man is about like you might be able to watch it and just be like oh my god there's two more spider-man that's cool right like oh like, yeah yeah whatever um but like yeah you you will need to have watched the toby mcguire and andrew garfield spider-man movies to have seen that whereas typically like in another sense like you don't need to have seen uh another movie but you do need to have probably um just it's it's more like an observation on life or an experience that is like a shared human condition that right. like helps you understand it or just that like here's someone who is otherwise like you but now you can see like the, even though their circumstances are almost parallel to yours this one thing is different and now what if that one thing was different in your life and now how terrible or good or whatever you know transpires in the movie right 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 and so and so really what it comes down to though for me is almost like what are those like while those prerequisites are incredibly different from one another. So again, like one of them is watching Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man. The other one is like understanding this like common shared experience amongst all humans. It's like they are still on some level, both prerequisites like, or maybe even just the simple knowledge of what the director is trying to tell you Mm -hmm. is still a prerequisite. I think maybe that sometimes I feel like that's really what they're trying to teach you in English. It's like, it's not really important that you know that Shakespeare was referencing the queen with this line 
in this particular thing. Like you'll need to know that to pass the test in this class. But what you really, really need to know is that when you read a book, the author had something more to say than just what the story was. Yeah, exactly. You know? And I mean, I, I do think that that is like the underlying uh, like function of a lot of like early learning that you're doing. It's just like you're, you're just building like problem solving pathways. You're, you're right. trying to establish inside of this like, you know, child's mind to look, look beyond you know, like, yeah. like there is, there is more to see than the, the simple words that are like laid before you. And right. Like, stories are not typically just stories. They do typically have some meaning. Yeah. You know, like kind of, kind of beyond the story. So popcorn culture is supported by arena club. Okay. So you guys know that I love trading card games and that me and Ben are big time collectors of Pokemon cards. You know, it's that childhood fantasy of finally being able to use adult money to buy those highly coveted rares of our youth. And like, even in our office, we have not one, but two full display cases with some of our all time favorite rarest cards that we've pulled. But Something I did not know existed when I was a kid in my youth was the grading process for trading cards or sports cards or whatever you're collecting. You know, to me, it was just like a rare Charizard is a rare Charizard. Like it doesn't, doesn't matter if it's been hanging out in my pocket with my lucky paper clip. Turns out it does matter and kind of a lot because if you get your cards professionally graded, it can add huge value. And then not only that, but once they're graded, they will like seal them in that pristine condition inside of a plastic case or what's known in the industry as a slab and that's where arena club steps in because it's like buying a booster pack but it's for a pre-graded card now i know that can take like maybe a second to wrap your head around because you're opening physical cards on a digital platform, which means you open the pack online and see your polls where they can be added to your showroom for the world to see, but you can also request them to be sent to you at any time. So they have got a ton of pre-graded cards and then you will get to randomly open one and then they'll keep it for you or they can send it to you or you can just like sell it or trade it online or whatever you want to do. But whether you're buying, selling, trading or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have got to check out. And right now you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash pop pop, which wow, that is a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's like $40 right there. Anyway, that's arenaclub.com slash pop pop for 10% off your first purchase. Popcorn Culture is sponsored by Shopify. Y'all are likely aware of the fact that we have our very own Shopify store, Carlin Brothers Mercantile. And it's hard to imagine not having it now, but arriving at the decision to open our own web store was a big one. In fact, we started our journey on the interweb back in 2012 and didn't finally open up shop until 2018. And a huge part of that is just not knowing where to start, but that's where Shopify steps in. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, which is a fancy way of saying it's a really easy and effective way to start an online business, no matter if you're operating out of your garage or have like a whole building or three or something. Once we were set up, our biggest concern was trying a new product only to discover no one was interested in it. But Shopify is powered with so many reports, more than you can even imagine. And this is so handy because it allows us to use data to better provide what folks are actually interested in. It's so easy to use, but even if you do find yourself caught in a jam, Shopify 
Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash pop pop. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash pop pop now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash pop pop. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. I don't know. It's it's all very interesting. And I actually think it could it could be like a nice little segue here because I have another conversation I want us to talk about that I think fits nicely because it goes back to my psychology 101 class oh boy. In, in college okay and you know that i love a good conversation about how the mind works and such no doubt um i think this one is kind of interesting but i do remember um when i was in college and learning about it that for some reason i got so stuck on this term in a way that never actually allowed me to like pay it any real attention like just just because the word they chose. And it reminds me of this one line from name of the wind where like, they're talking about like uh, why they refer to their magical abilities as um, like a ailer ailer and sympathy and yeah exactly yeah. you know versus just like basically calling it like strength of will and they say we have to have impressive sounding names for things otherwise nobody will take us seriously right you know it's like <laughs> we call it ailer because like ailer sounds impressive but right. like strength of will is just kind of like that's just words yeah you just know? try harder man exactly yeah um so the the terms that came up and i remember even like writing my study notes cards for these like my flash cards um are it, it's your locus of control okay and there are two types of this it's internal versus external locus of control now, i will tell you that when we were kids the locusts the like the insects mm -hmm. came out of the ground like this like one in every 17 years like these things arrive yeah like the cicadas right yeah. yes and oh, so you thought it was locust I didn't think it was locust. I just, whenever I saw the word, it was all I could think of. Oh, okay. It was just like, I was like, I wonder what this has to do with bugs. <laughs> you know, and it's like nothing, nothing at all. Uh, locust is just, I think, some type of like Latin word that goes back into something else. And that's why they call it that. Um, but anyway, internal and external locus of control, I think are kind of interesting because they're, they're sort of in a way um, similar to like whether or not you're an introvert versus an extrovert, which I feel like any early you know, conversations, you know, lighthearted stuff you have with people tends to be like, ah, oh, you know, I'm a bit of an extrovert or, you know, like, nah, I'm an introvert, like whatever. It's, it's, it's an easy way to, to tell somebody a lot about how you might interact in social environments or right. whatever. Maybe it's just my, maybe it's just because people are near me and that's why these, these topics come up. I don't know right. if other yeah. people actually <laughs> talk about it at all. Um, the point is though, is that there's, there's really like, like you can be 
um, have a strong external locus of control, external or a strong internal locus of control is what I'm trying to say. Um, but it doesn't mean that you can't have both as well. It's in the same way that you could be an extrovert in certain social situations and an introvert in other ones, just sort of depending on yeah. how those particular things, you know, strike you in that particular instance. Um, so anyway, let me try to give it some definition so we know what we're talking about here. Um, your locus of control um, is basically like how you believe the outcomes of your life are being sourced. So internal is very like you are the one in control of the outcomes of your life. And external is very like the world is in is in control. So a couple of examples might be something like for internal locus of control, uh, studying for a test. You might say like I did well on the test because I studied hard. Um, right, ex- like you had control of the outcome. You had control of the outcome. You put in work. You got a result. That result is the product of the work that you put into it. Um, on the flip end, uh, someone with an external locus control might say something like, "I did well on the test because it was easy." And in this particular instance, they're putting it outside of themselves. It's like they may have studied very hard for the test, but they're still asserting that the reason that for their success is that the test itself just wasn't challenging enough right um and uh like another example of it for internal could be like i didn't get the promotion because i didn't work hard enough um versus external might be something like i didn't get the promotion because my boss doesn't like me right um and again like this is a situation where it's like both outcomes are exactly the same it really just has to do with like what your interpretation is as to why that particular outcome came to pass like yeah you know is, is it more likely that you were going to go uh, like, like find something like about yourself, like, oh man, I should have studied harder or I, I, you know, I, you know, I could have showed up earlier for work for the past, you know, month knowing that this promotion was potentially on the line or, or something like that, you know, yeah. like, like you're, you might go like, like that way or versus the, again, the external, it's kind of like, oh my gosh, like, you know, they're like, it's just because those other two people are, are like, those two people are friends. So of course, you know, right. Like whatever outside my control. And it's like, <clears throat> the truth of the matter is that like sometimes both of these things might be true one way or the other. That's also you know, true. Like yeah. it might be true that your boss doesn't like you. And that might actually be the reason why you're not getting the promotion. Exactly. However, this is, it sounds like this is much more like, um, uh, it's like, uh, it's how your, it's your internal perception of why things are happening. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and so, and you're exactly right. That's a really good way to say it. Like, yeah. this is not to say that like, that like you didn't get that promotion because your boss doesn't like you. And it's not also true that your boss doesn't like you. It's like that, that could actually be what happened. Right. Um, But you might have not gotten that promotion because you didn't work hard, but you believe it didn't happen because your boss doesn't like you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's really like sort of like your, your state of mind. It's like a little rat. I, my guess, and I don't know, is that a lot of people, um, are having internal locus of control about positive things happening in their life and an external locus of control about negative things happening in their life. I succeeded because I worked hard. I yeah. failed because of the because other reasons. It's not my fault that things are going wrong. It's only only I only prog- yeah, all of my successes are my own doing and none of my failures. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. Um and th- so I I guess I I was curious and, and I didn't know like as I was typing this into the show notes, I saw that you had like followed up with a comment or two. And so I was curious, like, do you feel yourself as though you lean 
one way or another Gosh, like within these bounds. I feel like it I feel like I've experienced all all four versions of this where like I would have positive outcomes that I felt I was responsible for and positive outcomes that I felt like I was not responsible for and then um, negative outcomes in the same way. Yeah. Um, and like, for example, I was just been thinking about this as you were talking about it, like growing up a lot, like people would constantly tell me that I was like a really strategic person. Okay. And, like, like that's why I would like win games or like why I like, be, I, I, I don't know, but this would constantly be told to me. I, I mean, it is something that I know I have even said the words to you on this very show. Before. Right. And it's just like, and it's like, I do enjoy like strategy games and I do enjoy games like that, but it's not, I, I, people would tell me that and I don't, and like, I rarely believed it about myself. Interesting. Like, I was never like staring at like a chessboard and like watching the pieces move around like, you know, Beth Harmon on the ceiling or something. In Queen's Gambit. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm not, you know, I wasn't, you know, which is not to say like when I play games, I don't like try and like plan out moves and stuff like that. And I think as an adult, I've sort of like further accepted it into like more of like maybe that is more who I am. Maybe I'm not giving myself enough credit, but it's like, I feel like a lot of times I'm, I, I, I didn't always feel that way as yeah. a, as a kid. Like I felt like my successes were mostly because like my opponent wasn't really trying or I got lucky or something. Right, right. Yeah. No, th- I mean, this is, it, it's kind of, it is interesting too, because I think it probably speaks on some level to like some innate ability about yourself to do this thing like so somebody could go and like be like i'm gonna get really good at strategically thinking and i'm gonna read all of the books and i'm gonna do lots of mental exercises and i'm gonna play a huge amount of chess and i'm gonna like i'm gonna really devote myself to strategic thinking and i think on some level probably what this means is that like a lot of this is things that like kind of clicked into gear for you on some level naturally and probably it's the type of thing where because you were good at it like with tic-tac-toe let's say like Mm -hmm. like you you were able to figure out like the ins and outs of tic-tac like as a kid i remember thinking that tic-tac-toe was like a verging on random game right like you know like we would go and play with crayons on our on our like you know placemats when we go out to eat you know and they give you like the paper thing and you, yeah. and you play the games or whatever like i remember thinking like oh man it's anyone's game you just sort of put the shapes down and someone sometimes people get three in a row i know yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's like like you know it never like i don't think i i was putting the pieces together that like putting the x in the middle or even getting to go first was giving you like a like a rather significant oh my gosh if you don't go first good luck <laughs> I, I mean that's yeah. fair yeah like basically you have to yeah Anybody who has like a whole lot of bearing over it, but I wonder if this parlayed very nicely for you as time went on, because like, like, let's say you started with something as simple as tic-tac-toe, but then that maybe got applied to something like Monopoly, which then got applied to something like chess, which then got applied to something like, you know, so on, so forth, like, like till you started actually playing like higher level things, but because you were always maybe like a couple of points ahead, it was also allowing you to gain confidence in this arena, which also then sort of like continued your spread mm. to where at some point in time you had like a slight edge on everybody. But, but then as time went on, that kind of grew into like a rather considerable edge. I see. So I guess, yeah, I can, I see what you mean for sure. Like, let me ask you this. Would you count this as part of being like strategic then? Like sometimes like if I like start playing like a new, uh, discover a new game with like a group of friends. Like I remember, um, once upon a time we started playing the game dominion, which is super fun. You like buy all these little, 
pieces and uh, they go into your deck and you shuffle and draw a new five. It's like the, the further you build your deck, that's like your little dominion and you're trying to get, be the most prosperous or whatever. Yep. Super fun, super fun. I love trying to figure out like what was like the best combination or like a really efficient way to win the game. The answer is big money, um, especially for the base set. Nice, um, nice. Yeah, anyway. But like I, I would love like experimenting with it. But like the fact is you can just go online and people have like mathed the crap out of this game. Sure. You know? And it's just like, oh, yeah, if these two cards are in the bank for you to buy, you can just pretty much do this combo. And that's pretty much it. You know, like like if your opponents don't see what you're doing or don't recognize it and try and stop you like you're going to you're just going to steamroll them. You know, that's pretty much it. So is what you're asking, like. Does it count as part of like the strategy that you thought to look in advance to see what the math out version is? Right. Yes. Like, like I, like I can tell you, there's a, there's a famous, uh, there's a, there's a famous combo called Workshop Gardens. Okay. Where you just buy these two cards over and over, and you use the workshop to get more gardens, and then you can always buy like a bronze piece for zero gold every turn. Okay. And that's the whole game. The whole game is that the gardens card is worth more points for the total number of cards you have. So every single turn, all you do is get more gardens and more workshops and more bronze. And you, by the end, you just have this every every like 10 cards you get, your entire point total like jumps another, you know, 12 or 13 points, depending on the number of gardens you have or whatever. Okay. So that's the whole strategy. Okay. Just massive deck and you can just do and as long as no one else notice it and start like you you will destroy people it's like unstoppable okay um and unless someone else decides the only way for them to stop you is for them to start buying gardens or workshops as well which uh will tank your strategy but it also means they can't win either so no one will try and stop you right <laughs> like it's just like well I'm, I'm taking you down with me is kind of the strategy they have to adopt if they want to try and win anyway so that'll appear on the board. It's like, I can pull it off. I can put it together. I can play it. I've won with it many times because people don't see it. <laughs> right, right, but it's right. Like, but it's like, I didn't, fi- I didn't just like look at the board and figure that out, you know? Right, right. And that's fair. Like, so th- this is like, it's interesting because it means that, what, what I still think it tells me though is that probably you know well enough that there are strategies that will succeed to even know to look for them in mm-hmm. the first place. Um, it probably also places some amount of like, like something on how much you value this type of competitive play that like you would go to that length, like in an effort to like be able to be as competitive as humanly possible. Right. Um, because I think like for me, for the most part, like I could, I could win or lose a board game. And for the most part, I generally just assume I will lose anyway, because I don't have a particularly high, like sense of confidence when it comes to that type of thing so like Mm -hmm. for the most part if i'm going to play board games with somebody primarily what i'm doing is excited to go and see my friends and probably have like a drink while we talk and otherwise like do something that facilitates conversation right like the game is by far and away the least important aspect of the entire experience to me and therefore it would not even like register to me to think like you know what before i go over i know we're gonna be playing these two games I'm going to run, I'm going to like do some research. I'm going to piece it together. That being said though, this is not always the case for me. Like it's just with board games in particular. Um, I can tell you that we have played fantasy football for probably since like 2015 with like a, a kind of rotating group of, you know, cast characters of our friends and stuff like that. Right. And I remember the very first year that I was asked to do it, it was kind of one of these things that like I, maybe just like heavily associated with like like 
fraternities or something like that. Like it was the type of thing like that very I, kind of like bro activity. Exactly. Yeah. Now, look, you know, I really, like I really didn't like quite understand it. Like I would watch football and I would see like the little stats and stuff was like scrolling across the bottom of the screen. But I was like, I don't really know like what those numbers mean and like why everybody's so excited about this player. And you know, like I, I didn't, I didn't get any of it. Yeah. Um, but at the time that we played the first season, there was like a buy-in and the buy-in was, I don't know, it was like $25 or something like that. But at the time it still felt like enough to me to where I was like, like, you know, I need to take this seriously, like to see if like I can, yeah, get my money back, you know, yeah, get my, yeah. get my money back or win. And so I started doing like a ton of research and finally found a program called like fantasy pros and basically what fantasy pros will do is import your entire like league into like this great big like interactive cheat sheet program yeah. that like you know will stack up all of your characters and like you can go in and and like toggle over and see like okay out of the available quarterbacks on like the waiver wire like I currently have like the like the best possible one for the rest of the season but for like week 2 you know oh I could actually like trade one of my bench players for Tom Brady because Tom Brady has a great matchup this week and people right. expect it. And, and like I far and away had a, like the most waiver wire moves of anybody by a multiplier of like seven. Right. You know, the first year, like I, mm-hmm. I did so much more moving around and I won. Yeah. And I think it was one of those things where like that was an instance where like I literally almost felt like and maybe this is like going like external locus or, or maybe it's a little bit of both kind of depending on how you look at it. Um, part of it was like, I'm the only one who like, like decided to take it this far. Like clearly I'm just taking it way more seriously than everybody else. Right. And therefore but like you won, but I won it. But like in a lot of ways it was almost like, I was like, that sort of means I'm like cheating though. Doesn't it? You know, like, because I've now gone like I, I took it, I took it so much more seriously and didn't really tell anybody what I was doing. And I did nah, have this particular. That's not cheating. And, well, and I agree. Yeah. I agree. Now, yeah, like looking back on it and everything, it's everyone like, could have done that. Everyone could, like, yeah, like I didn't go through, and it's still, you know, I mean, in a lot of ways, it's it's very random. This was mostly like, um, I think on on some level, I mean, this would be like really starting to like compare apples and oranges a little bit in terms of strategy, but like counting cards, for example, like with poker, is not like a surefire way to win every single round. It just tips the um chances to win in your favor over the house by like a small enough percentage that over a long period of time you will slowly accumulate wins right and i think that that's basically what it was doing for me it's like you know choosing tom brady for game two or something like that like there's still a chance he could have gone and gotten like walloped in the first quarter and right whatever like you know just sat out the rest of the game and like that's it oh man my fantasy game last night ben i won into it i was playing against our little brother tyler the little meter at the top was like you've got like a 29 percent chance of winning and i was like yeah it seems about right that's this this, this isn't good but you know what i won by one point i couldn't believe it no way amazing unbelievable i was like wow 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 great times absolutely no one cares anyway (laughs) no it's all good yeah Yeah. i mean like the the fantasy wins it's like one of those things if you've never done it before it actually does become extremely fun and i have to tell you that like uh the biggest thing that it always did for me was that like i used to only 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 care about watching sports if my team was playing hard stop yeah like anyone else and it was just like I, I i literally like you know i don't know these two teams i don't know any of the players on these teams i'd like nothing about it interests me it never made sense to me when people be like yeah i just you know i parked on the couch this weekend i watched football the whole day it was amazing i was like 
you watched more than your team's game on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> um, but once you're into fantasy, it's almost like, ooh, you know, like the Giants are playing the Chargers. It's like, let's see who I got. Ooh, I have their running back. Oh, like, yeah. You know, and all of a sudden it's like you can watch the game because yeah. there's a reason. So if you ever just needed a reason, if you have like a significant other who's extremely into it and you want a way to care more, I would get into fantasy. Yeah, I would just do it. Just have your own little fantasy league. Yeah, that's that's a good way to do it. It will at least give you that. That helps with Beth a lot. Yeah. Because like sometimes if it's like, yeah, Sunday afternoon or something, you know, uh, Washington will play like one. They'll have their game. They probably lose. Whatever. They're they're one and one right now. Classic. Classic. Well, you know what? They have a win, so I'll take that. I will take that. Carson Wentz is tied for most touchdown passes this season with any other NFL quarterback. So it's pretty good. You gotta love that. Gotta love, gotta that. love that. But then it'll get to like four o'clock, and it's just sort of like, well, it's sort of this lazy Sunday afternoon. We've obviously already just been sitting here on the couch. It's like I'm just gonna put on the next football game that's coming on, regardless of who's playing. Yeah. I'm just gonna sort of have it on and. And, you know, probably scroll my phone and look up and watch or whatever. But, um, you know, I, I'll enjoy just having it on. And like the fact that the, that game might have players on our teams is just like, oh, wait, yeah, let's let's watch whether or not this Cleveland Browns wide receiver gets some touches. You know? I know yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like I, I, I can now care for one thing. And that yeah. one thing is this thing. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, oh, you know what, though? But my but but here's the thing is that my opponent has the quarterback so mm, it's kind of tricky i wanted to throw a lot of passes but only my guy <laughs> right very right, right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> How can this work out like so so perfectly in my favor? Yeah. It's true. It's true. It adds it adds a very fun element. So if you've never gotten yeah. into it, you know then then it's it's worth giving a yeah giving a pass. Well, even this season we're using like Yahoo. There's like this little like service. It'll be like here's potential ad drops you want to do, and then it'll be like if you want us to tell us what trades would be good in your league based on your needs and your opponents or you know your leagues. Like you can pay for that service, and I'm just staring at it and just like I'm. I might, you know, I might pay for this. <laughs> I can see this being really useful. In I've the, never been one to do much trading. In the history of our leagues, I don't know that any trades have ever happened ever. I'm sure that I know I've done at least one with our buddy Matthew, but that's not really important to anyone listening uh, right okay, now. Okay. Either way. But yeah, so I mean going back to like my my fantasy pros like .com, you know, imported yeah. league whatever thing. It's funny because like Yahoo has just started to like do it. Yeah. Like the but it's it's essentially the same service. Like you yeah. can just do it from the very app now. They just give you like way more information about all the things and yeah. how to be competitive. And as a result, I've absolutely watched like my dynasty, you know, like year 1 season where I won the Sacred Jorts. Yeah. Uh, you know, basically slowly, slowly tank me right on down. It's like that 50, 50 mark. So, so let me ask you this though. Have you, you did that like unbeknownst to anyone else in yeah. the league that you were using the software? Like, do, do you assume now that other people in the league use software like this as well and don't announce it? Or are you just like, man, they're just actually really good at identifying players they need? That's the thing. It's like, it's very hard for me to figure that out because I still know that I make the most moves of anybody on any league I'm in by like the by such a huge margin right like i am i absolutely do more like waiver wire picking type things than than anybody else mm-hmm. uh because they do keep those stats and it's it's like not close yeah so it's either the case that like i am far more susceptible to like one piece of information being like hey this player might be good this weekend i'm like fine i'll try it i'll do it let's <laughs> go know, like, everything's an opportunity Stream. if you try hard enough yeah um so it's either it's either that like other people are better at like seeing through the thicket, yeah, you know, than I am. They're like, yeah, but you know, he's got like a like a sprained ankle or something, so you know, probably not. Yeah, um, and I'm like, they well, let's give that. it a go. Yeah. <laughs> um. So it's it's entirely possible because like a lot of my research now just purely comes from like the stat sheet, not from watching any games, not from hearing right. commentary, not from yeah. like 
you know, this is like the new up and coming rookie who's having like a breakout season and yeah, pick him up now. Right. Yeah, exactly. Sleeper pick. Right. You never know with these things. You never know. Some yeah. people then then there's always the fight. Okay, so we're talking about stats though. Yeah. Um let me let's steer the conversation back to our favorite topic to close out the pop Ben. Hike prep. Hike prep. Hike prep. Okay. This will be the last week anybody has to hear us talk about hike hike prep. Hike because prep. Because by the time you're listening to it, we'll be on the hike. We'll be on the hike. So where if you are listening to this on like the the release weekend, know that right now Jay and I and the GMA are out. In the woods, in are, the wilderness. We are mid-GMA as means, you listen. It means new memories are being formed. The memories, you'll hear all about them. I'm, I'm like, sure. yeah, I have literally reached a stage of the GMA friendship where I am fully aware that whenever we do something, it could be exhausting and grueling and difficult and hard and also completely worth it because yeah. we will we will come away with stories no matter what. Yeah. Something will happen. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Luke was watching. I can't even tell you the name of this cartoon show he was watching this morning. It was it it is so annoying and I don't like it at all. I can't wait for him to be over it. But they were singing one little song and it was like about the characters going on a little camping trip and their song was lit- literally about like you forgot a thing? Don't worry about it. You can just wing it. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, and it was just like like I was like I, Beth had just happened to walk out of the room. I was like, Beth, you should come watch this song. <laughs> but it was like so I was like, what an interesting lesson to like feel like you should include in a kid's show. Like don't it's a hey, you know what? Sometimes you're just gonna have to wing it and that's gonna be okay. Like you, you can't always be prepared for everything, and knowing that you can't be prepared is a really good way to be prepared. Right. It's it's sort of like the fine line between people who are really, really, really good at planning and people who are really, really, really bad at planning. Because the people who are really good at planning typically all the things work out for them because they have it like all figured out in advance the problem is is that like if one thing goes wrong then it can it can be like having like a like really like finely tuned gears and having like a grain of sand thrown in there and yeah, it's like, like <laughs> then things start like crunching because stuff isn't right. like as good meanwhile the people who have no plan are usually very go with the flow and it's just sort of like ah oh, that's too bad that our reservation got canceled we'll do something else and it'll be fine right <laughs> it's like both both people have their absolute strengths but you yeah, know, it'd be, it'd be like you just got to be like right in the middle of those, you know. Yeah, Beth was telling me last night. She's like, I feel like you just have like more mental fortitude than anyone I have ever met. And I was like, I don't know what you mean by that. And she's like, I, I don't know. Like you're just you're just content. It's gonna work out. Like you don't. I keep like she keeps asking me all these questions about like like how far are you gonna hike each day? Like where are you gonna stop? Like are you gonna tell people? Like do you know like what the distances you're gonna go? And I'm just like. I'm just going to get out of the car and start walking. You, you want to know? know what it is though? Yeah. Like, I mean, th- there's absolutely no, Beth is on the mark. Like your, your superpower is like, and do not take this negatively because I think it is a, like the best thing, but you, you are like, so in the best possible way, content, like, <laughs> like with all things, always like, and I mean, it's one of these things where I like, it makes me like, I will always be um, like, I, I could be like driving my, like, you know, like my absolute dream car and I'll still be like, yeah, what what can I look forward to next? Yeah. You know, like like in the meanwhile, I was like, you'll get your dream car, and you're like, dude, you want to know what the best part about life is? I drive my dream car, and it's awesome, right? And it's like, you're really I, enjoying that thing you own. How is that working out for you? I'm jealous. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, the other thing about uh, the the hike is that we are going with our good buddy John Jennings, who I just trust. Like, yeah. and I know it's like one of these things. Where it's like I just trust him 100. percent all the way yeah like he's like he's like our wayfinder in all things and it's like i I think we've just had so many experiences he he has such good bearings and i'm like 
we'll be fine. <laughs> We're going to be good. Yeah. No, I, this is the thing. It's like, I feel like in my mind, it's like if I was just going on a two night, like, like, yeah, two night, three day hiking trip with camping, like I wouldn't really like it's really not that much of an endeavor. Right. I think in particular, what makes this one so hard is that the it's and I, I don't know from personal experience, just hearing all of you guys anecdotes is that the the specific passage of land we're going over is just particularly grueling hiking in a way that most people might not choose for a three-day weekend like that's yeah you know. you're i think you're dead on the money too there yeah because i've i've talked to you know like alice has watched me go through all this prep she's seen me go through this entire journey before and stuff and i've even thought about it myself like you know we're we're doing um i think i mentioned it last time like the the total distance for three days is like what a through hiker like on the at might do in a day right like it's it's literally you know it's it's kind of interesting because we've made this like huge deal about it we've talked about it for weeks like it's been like you know me and you were like we're taking like our lunch breaks like run to like the outdoor store and pick up but if you were going on a three-day 22 mile hike like it's it's really not that big a deal i think most of the time yeah exactly so the the terrain that we're going on is the like the real big yeah difference maker thing. here yeah and i think that in a way it's been like i'm sure it's going to be terrible while we're out there but in a way it has made me feel like i need to prep like more effectively than i might just for like any other regular camping trip so here's going to be my, my if you ever find yourself going for a backpacking trip number one i've discovered that the act of at least going on the first one is probably going to cost you some money because you got to get all that gear and there's just no way around the fact that it's expensive it, it, yeah it's yeah. one of those things i mean there's there's certainly um you know like great secondhand opportunities yeah. like consignment absolutely and stuff like that. you can cobble it together here's going to be my advice though pick like one like one piece of your gear because there's probably like 10 things that like you absolutely have to have between like you know stove sleeping bag tent whatever pack yeah pack pot whatever just pick pick one thing and be like this is the thing i'm gonna just get like i'm gonna get the really really good version of like you're gonna be like, all I'm, out yeah you're, i'm gonna i'm just gonna you know what i'm everything like the more you spend the more it's gonna be like expense the the better it's gonna be like just pick like one thing because then when you're using that one thing it'll be like oh yeah like I, this one's awesome i have i know, got it, this it, really good it's like everybody stand back everyone okay. stand back like look, look look there's about to be a gold like glow about to be good so what i got yesterday is i went i went big on the pot the pot cooking pot yeah 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 there was two pots sitting right next to each other one was like 20 bucks one was like 70 bucks and the the two dollar one was like a pound and the 70 dollar one was like four ounces and i was like I'm going for that pot. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm so we're going to be out there this weekend. And you were like, I feel like you're going to yeah. pull it out. Like, like y'all, almost like y'all looking don't for even everyone. Look, uh, look at this. Like, look feel at this. Lift this up. Look at my pot. Look at, just, just, you just, you wouldn't even believe how light it is. Yeah. It's got, but like having that one thing, I feel like can like instill so much confidence, such a boost of to like, look at this though. I got this one thing and this is like my edge. Yeah. I got, you yeah. Know, got the pot, the pot. And it actually, I got a, I got a cup that uh, like, folds up into itself collapses into itself it is the exact perfect radius to go right inside the pot it like fits oh. it like a glove i put it in last night i was like that is satisfying this is, these aren't even the same brand like that's yeah. yeah it's like you you see stuff like that and you're like is this like a common dimension it you must know, like, be like all yeah. pots are like you know exactly 4.78 yeah. inches across so all cups are exactly yeah yeah i don't know but so here's my other question since we also haven't talked about um diablo 2 in a while oh, been man. here on the pop so throwback up, yeah. has prepping for the hike at all felt like building like 
a character in Diablo 2 to you. I feel like, I, I think I said it last weekend that it's almost like, like uh, going hiking for a weekend is like like survival simulator. Yeah. You know, it's like once you get out there, it's sort of like, well, now I have what I have. Right. And we're going to see how this goes. How it goes. Um, now you've left town. Yes. So, yeah, exactly. You've yeah. left town. I know. And so I, I think I think that my answer to that question is that, yes, like there's there's definitely like a big a, a big piece of that, like because I don't it, it's like everything sort of has it's like little like stat points and stuff like that. Cause there's even right. things like, like the idea of bringing a pillow, for example, to like sleep your head on. It's th- this is like one of those where like a hardened like backpacker might be like, don't bring a pillow. Like don't unnecessarily like carry weight. But at the same time, like I look at it and I'm like, dude, I will sleep better, but it will. It's like, it's like you're, you're literally weighing these two outcomes. It is so interesting. You phrased it like that, because to me, I bet a, like, a hardened backpacker would be like absolutely bring the pillow like like you a novice would be like pillow's an easy one to cut i'll just sleep on the ground oh sure maybe yeah. you're, maybe you're exactly yeah. right i mean this is all this is all like it's like right. i don't even you don't know, even know. <laughs> i don't even know what the conventional wisdom becomes you know yeah. it's like like i all all i know is that i'm attempting to um like like you you look at a piece of gear you know and you you weigh the pros and cons of having that piece of gear yeah you know it's like it's like on the one hand you know like i can maybe sleep better at night on the other hand i could like walk better during the day you know it's like at the end of the day sleeping better would probably accommodate for a certain amount of like sleeping or yeah walking better would make like make up for sleeping better but you know what i'm trying to say like like you know it would all shake out somewhere and the hope is that like you will sleep better enough that that extra rest and like recovery will give you more than enough to then accommodate the weight, the weight of carrying the pillow. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's, there's like little things like this. And let me tell you like a kind of funny one, because I, we did not do this last time. I am planning to do it this time. Um, but like last time I carried a jar of peanut butter. This was like my hilarious, like that everybody gives me a crap for, because it was just, it was a, what I really needed was like a, like a, you know, a packet of peanut butter yeah. that I could have like peeled the lid off of, scraped some out, put it on like, you know, a piece of bread and be like done with it or a tor- tortilla or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like a little, like a single serve gif. Yeah. 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 The, you, I, I could have used my like titanium spork to just spread across a single tortilla. Instead, I brought an entire pack of tortillas and a whole jar of peanut butter, which right. was just like, just d- absolute like lead weight in your it, pack. It's so funny that we, we always joke about the jar of peanut butter. I like in, in this hike prep, I've been watching like, what's like, I've been like watching videos, like trying to figure out like what kind of food should I bring, which like, you know, what kind of snacks are good. Like, um, cause I feel like the food itself is what ends up weighing so much. It, yeah. I mean, you're talking like, about, uh, like at least uh, approximately two pounds a day per day. Yeah. yeah. So like, you know, across three days, you're talking about like six pounds of weight yeah. in your 30 pound pack. I mean, that's, that's a considerable percentage. Yeah. yeah it's like, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a pretty big chunk. It's like, you're doing all this math. I'm like, Oh yeah, I got a four ounce pot. And it's like, yeah, but you got six pounds of food. Yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's that, but like on one of the videos I watched, there was, I guess the guy was doing more of like a, a full on, like through hike or a big section of the Appalachian trail. And he was like my, one, one of my buddies, like he, he just brought this giant, 
giant bar j- jar of peanut butter with him, and it was like one of like the wumbo ones you might get at Sam's. Sure. And it was just like, and by the time we finished that hike, he'd eaten the entire thing, and I was like, wow, that's hilarious. That <laughs> I know, I know. Well, and, you know, and it's funny. I think the real thing that made it so hilarious in this particular instance <clears throat> was the fact that I had I pulled out the peanut butter. I'd already eaten like my dinner. We were after like our first day of hiking. I was absolutely spent yeah like the energy it took for me to like you know put up my tent make my meal hang our our like you know i think eventually still hang our food like in a bear bag and stuff like that like i was just like i was dying and i was like i probably just need some more calories in me so i you know took out a tortilla spread the peanut butter across it and i'm like sitting there like trying to eat it and it like glues my mouth shut yeah and so like our good buddy michael lawson sitting on the log next to me and he i think he's just kind of like washing me out of the corner of his eye like slowly like 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 you know yeah. like, i just like I, like literally i cannot consume right. it like it was so it uh, and i think this is why it was so funny cuz like peanut butter is like a pretty um like overall powerful like you, it has a lot of like nutrients right. in it right it's got like know? protein and fat and exactly yeah. yeah like it's it's not bad in terms of like that i brought it it was bad that i brought it and then was unable to like actually get anything from it right you know so it was like it was like having like a like a a can and no can opener or something it's like i like there's food inside of here but i can't get to it right um and it was just because i I, I think my mouth was just so dry from the utter exhaustion right um of the day but so as a result um one of the big things that we've talked about uh again sort of like from that campfire perspective is like you get to the ends of these days and there's like this camaraderie like element to it which for me is the underlying and primary objective of all of it mm-hmm. is to like go and like get to spend like you know good quality uninterrupted time like with my close friends like that's that's why you do the thing yeah uh, or at least that's why i do the thing um i'm sure there's plenty of people who you know get out hiking and it's just like getting to the top of the mountain getting to like look out at just pure you know green life out there or whatever it's just like I, I would I would walk two days in the woods just for this thirty minutes of this view. You know? Right, that could absolutely be the case. Oh, I, I this is I mean, I, like it's so interesting. I think I'm more on the side of like, yeah, we're just out there, we're hiking, we're camping. It's gonna be fun. Like that that I am. That's all good. Then, like, sure enough, we've already mentioned that this was going to happen, and it has already started happening. That our good buddy John's like, we could add on this whole extra section. And it's just like, John, what is the point of adding on the extra section though? We're already going to be hanging out. And it's like, yeah, but we could see this, and it's just like, don't care about seeing that. It, Not, the, you know what? <laughs> it goes to show though that yeah. like it's it has to it must be the case. And how about this, John? We see through you. Mm. You want to see the sights. You want to take in the world right meanwhile we just want to spend time with you mm-hmm. have a conversation darn Jeez. it anyway so <laughs> i'm totally just kidding um couldn't do any of it without john uh the the real thing though is that like we had talked about bringing like uh like a like a libation of sorts yeah so you could get to the end of the day and have something that you could like sort of like sip on like have like a toast right so to speak and so this is like one of those things where it's like there there are so many things that you're bringing that you like will split hairs on like your pot for example it's like you know four ounce pot versus like one pound pot like you know what what's what's the better use of like the funds here and like you know i'm gonna spend extra for like the lighter pot and then it's like i'm also just gonna bring something i don't need at all and actually is kind of like a hindrance to my overall health <laughs> yeah 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 i'm like this i've thought about yeah i was like pure recreation we were at yeah we were at the tech game a couple weeks ago and just as i was packing i found this little airplane airplane bottle of uh southern comfort 
and I I just like I'll throw this in here. I've just I've completely forgot to even own this. Yeah. And you know, you were walking in the stadium and it was just like, all right, let's do a cheers and go in. And I just like threw it back and it was like super easy to drink. And I was like, it, this that was so lightweight. I could bring like I could bring like two of those on the camping trip and I'll just have one each night and that'll be like fun. And I'm like, like, but what will that accomplish? Like, I'm not trying to be like Oh yeah, you don't want to be. You don't want to be buzzed. You don't any feel anything. Capacity. Yeah. I will still have to carry the weight. Like it's not that much, but it's certainly more than zero. Right. And when you're trying to like, yeah, shave grams or ounces here and there, like it's probably two more ounces or something, maybe three. Yeah. Like, not only will I not get buzzed by it, but there's a potential that like I'm a little dehydrated or something, and adding alcohol to the mix is just going to make things like I don't see any way in which alcohol is going to be beneficial to me on this. It's like there's <laughs> no plus, and yet I'm still considering. I, um, it. <laughs> like, there seems to be no upside other than the, there's maybe some camaraderie, and I'm like, but even even then, like I could just you could just you could just cheers like your water or something like what? Oh yeah, yeah, that, you know that, that's extremely fair too. Yeah, like I I think. I don't even know what it is. It's it, like it comes down to actually a very similar relationship that I tend to have like with coffee as well, which is that like the caffeine is, is like helpful, you know, it helps you like wake up in the morning and stuff like that. But like more than anything else to me, coffee is like the ritual. You know, it's like I really love having my morning coffee like with Alice. Yeah. You know, and it's almost like it's a moment where there's like a, like a sense of of calm associated with like coffee is like something that's like meant to have conversation over. Like it's, it's just, it's like a, it has like an aura around it to me that, that I love, you know, and it's like, it, it's like meaningful to me in a way that is completely disconnected from like the functional, like aspect of the thing yeah. itself, which again, it's like that goes against all of your other considerations when it comes to backpacking where everything is functional because you have to carry it. Yeah. And so anyway, I don't know. It's just very interesting that this has been like one of those things. I feel like coffee is pretty functional on this particular on this trip. I'm talking about in, in, in day to day life. Oh yeah. Like the idea of coffee for me is something that like it's, it's the ritual, not the function. Gotcha. Um, but I agree on this particular hike. I think it will be nice to have the additional function from coffee. Yeah, I think so. I feel like the the threat of potentially having some sort of like caffeine related headache by not having coffee would be that's true. Worse. It, it's preventative. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Preventative coffee. Yeah. Anyway, so the good news is, guys, though, is that we're we're out on the trails as you listen, mm-hmm. most likely and probably, and hopefully just having ourselves a hooting and hollering good time. Hooting and hollering good time. Our legs feel great. We've packed adequately and everyone's just having the best time of their life. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Anyway, guys, as ever, thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of The Pop. We appreciate it just so very much. I am excited that we have uh, yet another community-driven event right here on the horizon as we kind of step over into the month of October, where we are going to be doing... it's called SCB Drawtober. You might be familiar with Drawtober uh, from other, you know, like fandoms, arenas, activities. The internet at large. The internet at large, community-based events. But yeah. we are going to be doing one where each day of the month we'll have a different writing prompt, or not writing prompt, no. I'm sorry, drawing, drawing prompt, prompt. Uh, where you can then uh, take a photo of your artwork and share it with us at uh, Carlin Brothers on Instagram, uh, or else just use the hashtag SCB Drawtober. Uh, we will also have a special channel for this in our um, Patreon 
uh, Discord server where yes. people can also share all of their all of their various things. And the kind of cool thing about the the Drawtober event that we're going to be doing right now is that over on the Super Carlin Brothers uh, YouTube show, we are in the market for some new artwork to go on the back blue wall that sits behind us. On and the so the game plan is to select some of the artwork from Drawtober to actually go on the Super Carlin Brothers set. So if you would be interested in uh, joining up, we'll have the prompt. Uh, or all of the prompts for the month in the show notes for today's episode. Uh, so go through and give those a perusal. There are some really fun ones in there. We have some that are kind of like a continuation inspiration from our uh, What If Harry Was in Slytherin series. Yeah. Uh, one of the ones that our moderators over on Discord came up with that I thought was brilliant was Ben's tattoo design. Oh yeah, you could design Ben's tattoo maybe. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. What a what? Yeah. I'm, I that is actually one I have to tell you. I am like I am so eager and excited to see what people potentially could come up with uh, for this. Um, so anyway, if you want to go and check that out, I highly recommend it. Again, link is going to be in the show notes to all of the uh, necessary information or else if you are on our Discord server, you can find uh, the Drawtober channel where there'll just be lots of uh, exchanging of artwork. If you'd like to figure out how to enter the Discord, you can do a Patre- you can do so at patreon.com slash popcorn culture and select the $5 tier, uh, which will also grant you access to after the final pop, an additional 15 to 20 minutes of Jay talking, Jay and I talking after uh, each week's episode. There's a huge backlog. If you sign up, it just even for a single month, you'll get access to the whole thing. You can just binge listen to all of it if, you, if you'd like to. Again, patreon.com slash popcorn culture. Otherwise, until next time, pop pop. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corian's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corian.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corian.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.